a Shishkin Productions podcast. Oh shit, let me let these Blue Angels pass one time. I think it's kind of funnier if you just <laughs> include them. Yeah, next, I mean, if they start from here on out, I'm just letting it go. I'm not going to cut anything out of this. Oh, they're flying by again. It's about to get loud, I think. Oh. <laughs> What's up, Sizzlers? Welcome to another episode of the Sizzle Reel podcast. Coming at you Yo. uh, from from all over the place in a number of different audio formats. We're just uh, we're just really doing the damn thing, huh? Yeah, yeah. So we are once again uh, remote, but this time we are in different places. Uh, Alexi is in Chicago, hanging out with the Blue Angels, and I am in my yeah. apartment, slightly hungover. <laughs> I didn't and, realize you were uh, in your apartment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I worked no from idea. home today. Oh, shit. <laughs> yep. So, so we got sorry, Chris, in his, Chris in his apartment on some random ass microphone and me walking around the streets of Chicago recording into one of these little road mic things. I feel like first thing I need to do is just apologize for all the, the slander that I dropped on these road mics when we did the NAB record. Uh, oh, yeah. I'll admit it. I'll admit it. I admit it. I admit it. It was user error. I fucked up. I yeah, have, it was. Uh, yeah. I mean, it is. I will say it's kind of stupid that when you plug them in, it automatically will format if you update. I mean, it does give you a warning message, but hey, we we're so used to just clicking through warnings. Yeah, yeah, we. I I, I fucked that up. That that's on me. Right now, this thing is coming in handy. I hope I hope it automatically started recording when I turned it on. Doesn't change the fact that there's only one button, so I never have any idea what's happening. But. Uh, <laughs> Hopefully this records and hopefully you're recording on your end and who knows this might not even get posted if the recordings aren't good But uh, yeah, 50 you know. 50 shot uh, This is episode I mean, 99 levels in audition. Oh 99 not, the great I'm one. See, I'm not yeah I'm not seeing levels anywhere 99 the great one. This is the great episode uh, What do I mean it is very unique. I'll give it that I mean I'll, I'll probably be commenting on things as I walk by them in Chicago, but I will say Chicago. It's a beautiful city I'm very excited to be here it's uh, it's very nice. Who knows? Maybe I'll move here one day. We'll see. Chicago's a great city. I don't know if I could live there. It just gets so cold. I mean, I like it gets cold in New York, but not not like it does in Chicago. I just think it's nice but and it's I cheap and it's like, oh, here come those blue angels. There is a if you guys hear any planes flying over, it's because there is a blue angels uh, plane show or something like that. They're going to be flying around and doing stunts, I think, later. So. They're doing, they've been doing test flights all day. Literally, I was woken up today, Chris, by the Blue Angels. I woke up and I freaked out and I was like, oh shit, it's <laughs> happening. I was like, we're under attack, it's happening. And I was like, why of all places, Chicago? I figured Chicago. it would be safe. I was like in the middle of the country. I was like, I figured New York maybe would get attacked, but not Chicago. But turns out it's just uh, our own military, I guess. I don't know, weird. Uh yeah, I, I was woken up by uh, the sound of someone washing my windows, which I was actually pretty happy about because my bedroom window is you could barely see out of it. It was just so fucking dirty because I have construction going on across the street and they haven't cleaned the windows in the, the year and a half I've lived here. But it was it was a little bit jarring to, to yeah. see a, a shadowy figure just outside my, my third story window just hanging out you were like that's it yeah this is how this is how we're not even going to finish nhl god damn it <laughs> yeah i was like oh great black oh. ops are coming for me 
Um, Chris, uh, before we really get started, why don't you tell the people where they can find us? Well, we are on Twitter and Instagram at Gang. We are Gang at gmail.com. Send us an email. And, ah, the, the beautiful sounds of Chicago. Yeah, and, you know it. You know it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we have the Sizzle Reel cold line. Uh, it is cold. If you call us, no yeah, one will call answer. In. It it's will go straight, straight to, to voicemail. voicemail. Yeah. Yep. And that, that is 332 Man, I'm walking yeah, around. There we go. People are out here just like, what is this guy doing? He's just singing to himself. Because I don't even have the phone <laughs> up to my ear. I have my AirPods in, so it looks like I'm just like a, a nut. Uh, yeah, well, you kind of are. I guess I can always just point to my headphones and people will know that I'm doing something. That's the one thing I don't like <laughs> about <laughs> AirPods. Is it? I Whatever. feel like I still you don't hold have... my phone. I hold my phone up even if I'm not using it so people know, like, I'm on the phone. You know what I mean? Whatever. I mean, look, if random people in Chicago think you're crazy, whatever. You're not going to see it's them true. again. It's a good point. Um, and also, if random people in New York think I'm crazy, they can go fuck themselves. Uh, <laughs> Sizzle Real Live. Sizzle Real Live is coming. If you're hearing wow. this, it'll be here within a couple days. If you're hearing it with yep. uh, on the day it airs. Yeah, because it's uh, the 25th of August, Thursday evening at the back room at Wandering Barman. Go to sizzlerealgangthewebsite.com or go to sizzlerealgang.eventbrite.com and you'll be able to RSVP there, get your tickets. Um, it's gonna be the place to be on uh, August 25th. I think we'll have a yeah. crowd of about 10 people. It should be really intimate and good and we'll try to get you a free drink or something. Yeah, I, uh, I told my girlfriend yesterday uh, that it was coming up I was like, did you get your ticket? And she was like, I didn't even know there were tickets. And I was like, oh, yeah. someone hasn't been listening. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and that's and that's on her because we're out of tickets. We're sold out. I'm actually not yeah, sure. I haven't she, checked. I don't know if we're sold out. But, yeah, you know, it is matter. what it is. We're having we a couple sell special out 15 guests. Tickets. I'd rather not sell out 15 tickets. We're going to have a couple special guests. We're having uh, Joe Nana coming from Florida. Yeah. Uh, Graham is coming from Houston. I think he's just going to be watching. I don't think he's going to be on stage. Maybe we'll bring him on or something. Uh, but speaking of Joe Nana, we, mm -hmm. you know, we've been asking for emails and he sent one in. He sent in a very special email. Hell so yeah. I think maybe we can, you know, maybe we can read it on, on the show. Um, that's, that's kind of the whole reason we ask people to email us. So that's let's, the plan. let's read it. Here we go. He says, what's up? It's your boy, Joe Nan, a longtime listener, first time emailer. I don't know if that's true. I couldn't let the that's sizzle not. fizzle, so I decided to hit up the G mizzle. Interesting. I enjoyed Chris's live reaction and commentary on the Steven Spielberg music video so much. I wanted to see if we could get a live reaction to this video as well. And he linked the first ever narrative film we all worked on together, uh, Pinot Noir. Oh, He's, God. He said, also, I'm cashing in on the email offer of a free sizzle real live ticket. Your boy, Joe Nana. Uh, well, he's it'll be free. It'll be free. It's going to be free for him for sure. So hey, good for him. You know, he got lucky. He got lucky with this one. Um, yeah. So about that video he linked, uh, we actually did watch it the other the other week. We didn't tape our record our, our response to it, but we did watch it now. Um, I guess. Yeah, I guess we could watch it right now. But part of me thinks maybe we should do that on the 100th episode with Joe Nana because he worked on that that with us. You know I, what? I it, would, get a... it wouldn't be bad to like screen that, I guess. But 
I think we should just put a link to it in the description because I don't want to waste people's time, especially on a podcast, because mostly just going to be us like sitting there. Right. I don't think it's going to be uh, anything too special. Plus, who knows? I don't, I don't think I don't think the 15 people who paid six bucks to come see us need to be put through that trash. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're they're getting put through some trash either way, don't you think? Yeah, but, you know, this way they feel like they're part of the trash, whereas, like, if we just show them an old piece of trash, they'll be like, what is this? Right. Yeah, this, this is our um, 12-year-old trash. Hey, I just walked by a restaurant or something called Ditka's. I think it's Mike Ditka's Restaurant. Yeah, sure pretty, is. Pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, Chris, what were your reactions to that that uh, that piece? How did it age? Did it age well? Um, you know, not really. It's weird because I I feel like I watched it like eight years ago and I was like, oh, this is still kind of funny. It has its moments. I, I always know going into it, there's like two jokes that I just like really don't like. And I think they're, I don't know, a little sophomoric. Uh, but just watching it back, I didn't realize how poorly the story was put together. Like, it's just so disjointed and... It's almost like surreal. Like it's just so absurd the I the think, way we jump from one scene to the next. And like, there's one part where, like, not not to spoil anything, but the some some lady poisons the lead detective, and then in basically the next scene, she saves his life because she's in love with them, even though she just met him. And it's just like see, so dumb. It's so funny because that's like very clearly. You know, so we drew film noir as our thing. In case you missed it, just a background, 48-hour film festival. You draw, like, a genre out of a hat, and you basically have to make a movie in that genre featuring very certain characters and certain props, whatever. The genre we drew was film noir, right? And it was so clear that none of us know, Never, we never watched film noirs. We don't know shit about it. All we know is, like, what yeah. we read up on, on the tropes pages. Because the reason we even did that was... Two, there's two reasons. The first scene you described where she poisons him, that was because of the femme fatale, right? And then the reason yeah. that we, uh, the second scene you described, it, it's, it has to do with uh, double crossing or, or, or twists at the end, right? So in a way exactly. she double crosses her boss and there's a un, like a crazy twist that happens at the end that's like un, uh, kind of un, 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 like, you know, it's not supposed to happen. It just comes out of nowhere, right? So yeah, yeah, we we definitely tried to put these tropes in there, except we just don't watch enough of those fucking things to like understand how they're supposed to fit in, you know? Yeah, I mean it's also difficult to write a coherent story in like the twelve hours we had because you know it's a forty eight hour film festival. We basically got all our information, like we we did our drawing on Friday night, and then Friday night we stayed up throughout the night writing it. Uh, and then started filming on Saturday and editing on Sunday, more or less. Yeah, it was. Um, so you you kind of just have to go for it. I think next next year, because I think these mostly happen over the summer, and they're coming to an end right now. So I think next year we'll we'll do one. That would be a fun thing to do as a group. See how far we've come. Maybe we'll bring Joe Nana in. Who knows? It could be pretty cool. Oh, yeah, my prediction. Yeah. My I mean, prediction I is not that far. <laughs> 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 No, I think um, that'd be a lot of fun. Joe Nana, thank you for. Again. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you can do it. I think I think you've probably gotten better than you think, um, just because experience, right? Experience is what it comes down to. Sure. Uh, Joe Nana, thank you for writing in. That was uh, 
a great walk down memory lane. And, uh, you know, we're excited to see you at the at the show. Um, yeah, this is one of those things where if we still had a Patreon, we would put it on the Patreon. 100%. But, we'll you know, we, we don't even fuck with that. Just going in the show you know notes. Um, Chris, so I'm walking around, so I don't have access to the rundown, but you you have the rundown, so you're going to have to drive, kind of. Uh, what's what's next on the list here? Um, well, I, th- I think we were going to talk about layoffs at HBO Max. Uh, they just started as Warner Brother merges with Discovery. Oh, the death, the death um, of HBO Max. That was on the docket for today. That's right. Yeah, sure. So this is from No, no Film School, and it's just an article. What's changing as Discovery and HBO Max combine? Uh, as expected, the unscripted department at HBO is being drastically changed as Discovery brings its uh, over its powerhouse of unscripted content and the team behind its success. So, so I mean, I, I honestly I, don't know what the unscripted department at HBO was like. I don't I really don't know what unscripted shows they have. I mean, I, I can think tell it, you the, the reason Discovery. The reason up? that I the reason that I put it on there was more like it wasn't specifically about what the 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 shows that are coming and the shows that are going and stuff like that. I do think it's interesting that HBO killed off all of their originals, more or less, or like a shitload of them. But to me, it was like 15% of the HBO Max staff got laid off. And, you know, that that sucks. Um, but the, the bigger part is like, it's just very clearly like a year ago, right? HBO Max was considered they were making like good stuff. And it was like, whoa, this is like some of the most premium content you can get in terms of like storytelling and it's good narrative shit, right? And then Discovery Plus was very much the flip side. It was like, here's all this trash like reality TV. And now with this, like Warner Brothers deciding to basically kill off HBO Max in favor of all the reality TV is like <laughs> the ultimate kind of symbol that, you know, narrative, uh, narrative filmmaking is dead in the water compared to, you know, reality, in my opinion. I mean, for me, I don't even think it's that it's dead. It's still going to be around. I think that it's just so much easier for these companies to to produce reality TV. It's like so much cheaper to do. And half of America is like literally brain dead and they just eat that shit up. And it's yeah. just, I don't know. For me, it's, it's a huge bummer just because like I, I think even if you ask people today what the best streaming service is for your money, I think HBO Max would probably be number one uh, on average just because they have such great content and they have so much of it. Because, like, you know, everyone has good content. Uh, like Netflix has good stuff, but not not nearly as much as they used to. Apple has yeah. some, like, really amazing content, but there's only, like, 10 shows on on the service um, yeah. And HBO Max kind of had, you know, all the Cartoon Network stuff, um, all all the <coughs> major the, uh, production, like film productions that had, would come they out. Some, you know, they had some animation. They had some animation as well. They yeah, were, yeah. I, mean, I mean, they just they touched on everything. They, it's it, it is really like I don't know, kind of annoying. I see again, like for me, my main method of consuming stuff is TikTok or YouTube, right? So. I don't necessarily even watch HBO Max. As a matter of fact, uh, last week I canceled my HBO Max. I went through and did the great clear out. I cut my uh, co- the the cable. I guess you know what they say cut the cutting the cord. I cut my streaming yeah. cord already, <laughs> so I'm like over streaming, wow. which I think that's going to be the next step. Is people are going to start cutting the streaming cord because it's just too fucking expensive, man. You can't pay fifteen dollars a month for every single channel. It's it's nuts. So it's like yeah. you know. 
HBO Max, I cut, uh, Disney Plus, I cut, everything I cut. So I just have, now I have ESPN Plus, I almost got hit by a car. Now I have ESPN Plus and I have, uh, that, and, and I, YouTube TV because we all split it. Other than that, I, I even cut YouTube Premium, which is a great deal. I just like, I was like, I don't, I don't oh, care, see, I don't really. I actually, I just did my trial of YouTube Premium, like last week I started it, and I am not impressed, dude. For $16 a month, just to like not have commercials, it's, at, yeah. and I, I consume a ton of YouTube. If it was six ninety nine, like ESPN Plus, yeah, sure, I'm super in. $16 yeah. for YouTube, plus, like it, premium, that, it blows my mind. And I, I do know that some stuff, some no. content is paywalled behind it. And like, I get that, but it's just, I am, for me, I've already canceled my subscription. For me, one thing that I really loved about YouTube Premium, again, I, w I agree with you though, I think 16 bucks a month is a lot, but one thing I loved about it was that you could download stuff and watch it offline. So that would be like, oh great, I'm going on a flight. I, instead of watching the pre, like the movies that they have in the back of the seat or whatever, or instead of having to bust my laptop out, I can just have on my phone a couple YouTube videos downloaded and queued and I can just watch YouTube on my phone while I, you know, while I fly or whatever, while I travel. Um, I thought that was really cool, well, but again, not worth $16, $16 a month in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, that's actually why I downloaded it or why I, I like started my trial is because we were going to Minnesota and I was like, yeah, I'll just watch some, some YouTube videos on the flight. I ended up just buying the Wi-Fi for $6 for the flight. You know, it's cheaper than a month of, of YouTube premium. And then I had str like streaming quality speeds and it's like, okay, well then why did Yo, I, why did I even do this? That's one thing that was crazy that I'm, I mean, maybe it's just certain new planes or something, but maybe it's a new Wi-Fi system. I don't really know, but they actually now offer a stream pass for like 10 bucks for the flight and you can legitimately stream like whatever. So like I paid 10 bucks for it and I literally was on TikTok the entire flight from New York to Minnesota. It was like, I was like, that was great. I'll gladly pay $10 yeah. for this, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, so I, I had a great time. This might be a good way to lead into that. I, I think I put something in the rundown about streaming versus, uh, versus cable, about how streaming is, I think streaming finally for the first time in its history overtook cable in terms of Nielsen ratings. I think that is what happened uh, just last week or something like that. Yeah, so this is from The Hollywood Reporter. Streaming services hit a fifth consecutive high in their share of all TV use in July and for the first time ranked as the most watched platform across the TV landscape. Uh, some of the uh, Nielsen rankings for July are streaming. Uh, this is platform. Streaming was 34.8%, cable 34.4%, so still very close. Broadcast, which I assume is like over the air antenna stuff, 21.6%. And other is 9.2%. Uh, so streaming, yes, it did overtake cable, but just barely. Uh, in the streaming services, uh, this is actually kind of interesting, so I'll break it down. Netflix was 8%. YouTube and YouTube TV, 7.3%. That's weird, because YouTube TV is basically just cable with a different yeah. name. Yeah. Uh, Hulu, including Hulu Plus Live, 3.6%. Prime Video, 3%. Disney Plus, 1.8%. HBO Max, 1%. All others, 102 So Yeah, I mean, so for me, there's I'm two main Prime things. Video's at 3%. There's two main things I'm taking away from... Oh, wait, why? You think that's too high or too low? Too high? What's on Prime Video? Oh, I guess The Boys, right? I don't think I know a single person who uses Prime Video, but... 
I just yeah, I, everyone has it because they have Amazon Prime, but I don't. I almost never use it. Um. So what that gives me, I'm walking through a tunnel right now, and there's someone playing music. So it's going to be a very cool listening experience, actually. But the big takeaways for me there are that the streaming, like, atmosphere, environment, whatever, is so segmented, so fragmented. Like, it. it I don't know how accurate those numbers are. I don't know how Nielsen gathers their data, but I'd be willing to say like streaming has been uh, definitely destroying cable for a very long time. Oh, here come those blue angels. It's a hell of a, hell of a podcast record right here. Um, streaming has, I think, overtaken cable a long time ago. It's just that now Nielsen's data also shows that. I don't. I just don't know like how accurate their data is. You know, that's all I'm saying. Um, I don't know. It seems pretty accurate to me. You gotta consider like just think about something like sports. You know, most people don't stream their sports. E- even me. Like, if I have the option to watch it on YouTube TV, well, I guess that is streaming. Uh, but like that's how I prefer to watch it. Like, I don't want to go into the ESPN app or the Paramount Plus app or whatever. Like. It's just right. too many stupid logins. It's too disjointed, like you said. Like I don't, I don't want to deal with that. It is nice to have everything in one place still, or at I, least something I, I, close to it. I don't think that their data is like inaccurate in the sense that it's like completely wrong. I just think that it's a, it's like be, I think it's behind. Yeah, I think it's way behind what the actual trend was. I think the actual trends are eighteen months. Uh, eighteen months. Oh my goodness! Look, that plane is flying. Like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is stressful. You know, you don't you don't think the planes are that impressive, and then you walk by and you see them, and you're like, "Holy shit! This is actually incredibly impressive." Um, I, I what I'm trying to say is, I think that their data is just like a year or two or more behind the actual trends. I I disagree. I think that you just assume that everyone else kind of has the same idea about uh like consuming media as you do but i'm always bringing it up but like middle america is just so different than than being young and in new york or whatever and like kind of like hip to the trends like most people really do still pay for cable like think think about all just, the, the i forget 40, about middle america old. yeah yeah i mean and don't get and me I guess wrong. You're right. I guess I forget too. about the I forget about the older segment as well. You're right. I guess I'm looking at it yeah. from a very like me, um, you're so me myopic, myself bro. and I perspective. I'm myopic as hell, bro. It's it's nuts. <laughs> I don't think I've met anyone more myopic than me. Either way, uh, cable is is dying a quick death. We all know it. But finally, Nielsen uh, also also told us. <laughs> I guess yeah. That's now the, now we have the, the big the overarching data. story. Yeah. Um. One other thing I guess I'll say in, in the, you said something about how it's cheaper to make content now. So that's why people want to make reality stuff because it's cheaper and all that. Um, it, it's it's kind of crazy. Everyone like has show ideas and it's it's very bizarre. Oh, they're flying by again. It's about to get loud, I think. But um, <laughs> um, yeah, everyone everyone seems to have like show ideas now so much so that I was checking in the bags to this hotel and I was like, hey, you know, we're here early. Can you just put the tags on them and I'll come back and get them later? And the doorman was like, yeah, sure. And he started chatting me up and he was like, so what do you do? I was like, oh, I work in video. He's like, oh, what do you mean? What does that mean? I was like, I don't know, just like video, like corporate shit. We make like YouTube videos and Twitter videos and Instagram, whatever for like corporate clients. And he was like, oh, you know what? 
let me give you my number because I have this idea, blah, blah, blah. I was like, dude, you, you, you're really taking this way more seriously. Like, I don't have any of, of that sort of power. I was, and I tried to tell him, yeah. I was like, dude, we don't do, we can't make shows unless someone like pays money to make a show. You know, it's like, and right. He, he was like, yeah, but you know, people have all these stories to tell. And I think it could be good on like this. And that. I was like, I agree. <laughs> I think it'd be cool to have a show from a doorman's perspective, but like, I, I don't have the power to like, to, to buy that. You know what I mean? I don't know what to do with that, but yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of weird, but that's how these things um, go. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing with, with reality TV is you can, you can pick any random profession like that, like doorman and you can create a series around it. Like if you have the right characters or the right environment, it can be compelling. It's just, yeah, the possibilities are endless, but it's also, that kind of goes in with the, it's almost like, a fatigue uh like content fatigue there's just so much stuff that you you really have to be into something to commit to it like you know not (laughs) we can't there's there's so many things i can't spend two weeks watching every single show that's on like it's so difficult just to you know you get home after a a typical nine to five you you cook dinner then you have like an hour to watch tv for like for most people you have one episode a night maybe and like i don't know it's just too it's too difficult to keep up with everything it has to be like one of those absolute incredible experiences that everyone's talking about to get me to watch it these days i mean i think we definitely surpassed peak content a long time ago and now like I think it's all a la carte. It's like whatever you want, you can create your own little viewing schedule. There's nothing really. No, I shouldn't say nothing, but there's very, very it's, few it's things. It's the brave new world of, of streaming. I think we need, I think we're in for maybe in the next, I don't know, three to five years. I think there's going to be like a great reset on streaming and everything is going to get like, hopefully there's just like a someone hits the reset button and, and we figure out a way to kind of, like clean everything i'm gonna start everything over but i really don't i don't even know if that's gonna happen because <laughs> it's like what is that yeah, i'm not convinced button? i don't fucking know what it is i think um, the only reason it made sense at first is because it was like a new thing that most of the companies weren't privy to but now they are and they see the money and they're not gonna let go of it yeah it's true money ruins everything um chris do you have anything else or anything else on the rundown or what do you think? Or should we just No, no. I, th- I I think it's a good time to go to break. Uh, and when we come back, I guess we're going to have a special guest. That's maybe. right. Yeah, that's right. We're going to have a little segment called Five Shining Moments. Um, the second time we've ever done it. It should be a good one. I, I can't wait. I'm excited. Uh, we'll be right back. All right. Welcome to Rounds of Sound, the podcast where we go song for song with indie artists to find out their influences and the stories behind their songs. I'm here with Hannah Jadagu. The way I recorded my first couple of songs was all through my iPhone. We have Victoria Park. I was on Twitter as I am and it's like, hey, are there like any labels who follow me who might be interested? the one and only Liam Kazar. Yeah, here's what I'll say. you got to walk all your gear up and fly the stairs. Okay, that's, yeah, that's never that's, fun. That's, that's no fun. Check out Rounds of Sound exclusively on Spotify and find out the influences behind your favorite artists. That's Rounds of Sound. 
Welcome back, Sizzlers. Uh, we are here with a special guest. Woo. Yes. Alexi, do you want to do you want to tell the people who the special guest is? I'll do it. I'll do it. Well, you guys know we're bringing back that segment that everybody loves. Five shining moments. There's one, two, three, four, five of them, and we're bringing mm. them to you. And today's very special guest is Chris. It's Chris. Chris is the one. Oh my God! It's it's me. What? What does that mean? I don't know. Does it mean we didn't book a guest Not. or does it mean we ran out of <laughs> ideas? Who knows? But I think it means that this is a beautiful segment and we just never hear enough from Chris. So we want to we want to know what his five shining moments are. Um, Chris, how do you feel before we get into it? How do you feel about being on five shining moments? I'm pretty excited. It's actually I, I actually might have to change my five shining moments after this and put being on five shining moments as one of my moments. I, I'm, I'm pretty excited. Uh, you know, one thing I am realizing right now live on the show is that by doing this on the 99th episode, we kind of handcuffed ourselves so we can't do it with Joe in the 100th episode. I mean, I guess we could, but then it just becomes like back to back the same segment. A little, little weird, but maybe we'll Whatever. crash the boards with Joe. I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We got, uh, well, we got plenty okay of time. With more, more shining moments. Yeah, maybe we'll do shining moments. I don't know. Hey, tweet at us or something. Tell us what you guys want us to to put yeah, uh, yeah. on the, on the that's real gang tell us what you yeah. want to see that says we're um, alive yeah well literally we got we have two days to, to let you tell us uh all right chris <laughs> here we go this is it five shining moments the trumpet one two three four five All right, um, let's get, let me, let me start this off. I'm gonna go ahead and ask you for a shining moment that you have from your career. This is in no particular order. It's just one, there's just five of them and you just give me one and then let me hear a little bit about it. Okay. Um, first one is gonna be covering Hurricanes Matthew and I think it was Ida uh, as, as a news photographer. Like, I almost put just becoming a news photographer in general on here because it took me a long time to work my way up through the, the station. Um, you know, I, I started there at work, like making minimum wage, working 1 a.m. to 9 a.m. And then a couple of years later, I was covering important events. Uh, and I, I don't, it was just interesting to to be out there. Like, I, I kind of felt like I was performing a public service in a way, like documenting the hurricane and like being like live in the fucking flooding and the the craziness and like working 12 on 12 off and it was just kind of wild because all, you know like all my friends evacuated they were staying in hotels or outside of the city or whatever and I was going home at night and like I had my bed like my mattresses stacked on top of couches and cause I was in a flood zone, you know, just in case any flooding got to me. And I don't know, it was just kind of, kind of surreal, but it was a lot of fun that's, and also that's, very that's crazy. That's crazy because the thing that I never think about in those situations, like, you know, you think, okay, there's the reporter out there and they're like big old fucking poncho getting battered by the rain and explaining things are going on. But take it one step further, 
That means there's a giant camera with a bunch of gear that's also probably covered in a poncho and then a photographer out there who's like dealing with the same conditions but also has to operate a camera. And on top of that, they've got like their truck and all that shit. But take it even one step further outside of that, and this is the part that I didn't think about, is like, you're still in the fucking city. Like you have to go home afterwards and shit. And you have to, like, like you said, I didn't even think about your conditions at home. You probably got the windows boarded up. You probably got like, yeah, like you said, stacking the mattress on a couch. I didn't even consider that type of shit. So it's almost like, yeah, you have to work through like this crazy event where the entire city shuts down like a, a disaster almost. Yeah, and, like, some people did, like, I'm pretty sure they did give me a hotel room for one of the nights, because, like, it, it's one of those things where you even have to, like, when you load your car up, you have to bring, like, enough snacks and random stuff to last you a day or two, because there was always the chance that they would close the bridges and you'd be stranded on the other side of the bridge, yeah. and... It, you know, it's just wild. And yeah, like you said, I did have like, you know, a 20 or $30,000 camera that I literally had like wrapped in a trash bag just sitting on my shoulders. I had these ridiculous waders on, you know, like decked out in 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 rain gear and, you know, have it like we were going live once an hour. So just like keeping everything charged and even like the, the scariest moment at one point I was driving on the interstate and there, there's like no cars on the interstate. It's pitch black out. It's, it's, you know, the rain's coming down. I'm only driving like 40 miles an hour because that's as fast as you can go in those conditions. And like I'm driving and all of a sudden a tree just like falls in front of me onto onto the interstate. And it's like, shit, if I was going a little bit faster or if my timing was a little bit wrong, then that would have landed on our car. <laughs> I was like, what the what are we actually doing here? Uh, that, that, it was a weird a, adrenaline rush and like, I don't it's, know. It's, it's, so, it's so nuts, man, because also another thing I didn't consider, and even while I was saying all the first shit that I didn't consider, I, I thought about this and I was like, no, there's no way. But thinking back, you were live. Like you had to go live because <laughs> in my head, yeah. I was like, oh, you're just going to record this. Then you can just like upload it real quick or whatever, and then they'll deal with it. No, there's no they'll deal with it. It's like you literally have to make sure that you're getting a good signal too so you can go live right so that's kind of nuts as well i guess yeah the, the whole thing was uh i mean it was an experience i i don't think i would want to do it again but it's one of those things where when you're in it you're just like about it and you you feel like you're on a mission and you're just going to do whatever you you need to do to to get through yeah. it i mean it's it's a shining moment no doubt uh, let's yeah. get into your second shining moment. Um, okay, I'll this one I'll make it quick because we basically just covered it. But I'd say the the MLS All Star shoot last week. Um, oh wow! Just because it was yeah, I mean it was just very cool to be back behind the camera, and it's weird because I I wouldn't say it was a high stakes event. I also wouldn't say it was low stakes. Like we did have to capture stuff i don't know it was just cool to be there not doing the broadcast portion because like i've done broadcast uh stuff for like football games before but we were there to capture something a little bit more artistic i guess you would say um yeah you know it wasn't for live on air stuff and you know we had a specific job to do and it was just i don't know it was cool to have the access and 
to kind of be trusted by MLS like that. The, the fact that they specifically asked us knowing that like our relationship with them for the past, what, five, six years has just been we do post production like we, we edit stuff. But they yeah. specifically asked us to shoot this time as well. So, I mean, well, that was pretty cool. And I thought I thought we did a good job. I think in the past too, like, you know, I've been asked to shoot for them and I've been like, nah, like, sorry, no, like, no, we don't do that. So I don't know, this year we finally kind of stepped into it, but uh, yeah, I think, I think it went pretty well too. That's interesting that it's one of your, your shining moments, but I guess it was cool for you specifically because you were like right there on the pitch side, which you oh, know, yeah. for me, I was just like, oh, because I was mostly back in that locker room, we're sitting in the stands. So I was like, oh, yeah, this is cool, but also like, you know, it is what it is. But yeah, I mean, yeah, you I mean, a I was totally different experience of it. Yeah, I was posted up literally right next to the ESPN broadcast camera, and it's like, okay, this is, I don't know, it felt pretty cool. It was, uh, plus, it's <laughs> like, it's hard to come up with five, like, fun, distinct, shining moments as an editor, because most of the time you're just sitting there pressing That's buttons, true. right? That's actually also such a great point, because, like, your first two have been about, like, shooting, right? So it was almost like the last thing you shot, and then the most recent thing you shot, or, you know what I mean? It was like... Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The last thing you shot before you moved to New York, pretty much, and then like the one thing you've really shot since. So exactly, it's, uh, it is interesting. Well, let's see if you can get three more out of it. What do you got for number three? Yeah, so this actually, you just said moving to New York, and this is this is one of them. So moving to New York, immediately getting a gig through you, and then having it go successfully, like that was a big deal for me. Like I, when we moved here. We were uh, literally living in a hotel for the first month while we looked for an apartment because we moved from Florida. It was, you know, pretty difficult to find an apartment. And my girlfriend works for a hotel chain, so we got to stay there for free. Uh, so yeah. it's like the first week we're even there. And you hit me up and you were like, hey, there's this gig that I can't take. Do you want to do it? You'd have to go into the city. And I was like, OK, yeah, that sounds fun. Like, I, honestly, I wasn't really ready for it mentally, but I wasn't going to say no to it. Um, but mm -hmm. I, you know, I had never worked in like this kind of post-production, you know, like uh, the specialization of editing, I guess. You know, I was always at the news station right. where everyone wore a lot of hats. So to be able to go in, I think I it was a week long gig, something like that. And to I, I think. I think the first day I had a cut for them and I remember the producer being like, oh, shit, you're done already. Like, I, I think I yeah. immediately impressed them. And then like that made me feel good. I was like, oh, maybe I am cut out for for being an editor in New York. And, you know, they, they called me back for a few more gigs that year. So obviously I left a good impression and it, it just made me feel like I, I belonged. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. I mean, those there's it, it doesn't change you know it's like the first gig obviously is important as a confidence booster and like if you can knock it out the park then you feel really good i think that goes with everything though and it just really never changes like i don't know we had a client earlier this year and we did jobs with them and those were just like you know i thought the jobs went fine but i thought it was disorganized uh whatever you know sometimes stuff is disorganized but yeah, uh, it, it didn't it, it obviously didn't go well from their perspective. Um, and, you know, there was we don't have to talk about it. But there was like numerous factors that made it clear that it did not go well, in their opinion. And yeah. uh, that was just a huge confidence bomb. Like, I don't know how you felt about that. But for me, I was just like, Jesus Christ, man. Like, are we trash? 
because, and that's how I felt the last few months. Cause it's been so not, it's been so, uh, so dead. It's like, I'm just like, man, we're probably just trash, you know, but that's one of those things you just get in your own head. So it's always good to have a little confidence boost to like start a relationship or to just at any point in your life. You know what I mean? Any sort of like good thing, anytime you do a good edit. And even if like, even something as simple as a producer saying, good job, that's like such a massive yeah, confidence yeah. boost, you know? It's, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, and, and like for this one, yeah, obviously you need the constant validation to like know that because the industry is always changing and you can get left behind if you don't, you know, keep your skills sharp. But it was just like the initial like being in the big city and getting, you know, getting paid more in a day than I used to get paid in a week for a job and doing a good job with it. It was just uh, it was a good feeling. Yeah. And the thing is, you know, what's crazy about that is like getting paid more in a day than you were in a week. But for them, they were probably like, oh, this is a junior thing. So we're saving money. So this is probably going to take a few days. And in reality, like they were delivered a great product for like probably half the price, you know, and that like, yeah, in retrospect, not great. But you know, whatever it's that's what's hard is like when you start getting your rate up there uh, enough to like start pe get people when people start getting pressed about your rate. I think that's when you know, like, okay, I'm kind of at the right place. And it sucks because there's a lot more work that comes with it because you really have to start justifying why you charge. You know what I mean? I've yeah, had that conversation, yeah. I think, three times in the last week about why our rate is what it is. And it's like, dude, because yeah. like it's fast and it's good and it's not going to be cheap, unfortunately. Yeah. And like, yeah, and it's, it's just a, it's just it's a bummer because sometimes you're like, you're like, fuck, man, if, if it's slow, you're like, I need to bring my rate down. I need to bring my rate down. It's like an invasive thought because you're like, you know, if I brought my rate down, I could just knock it out and get some money. But also, that's not something that you should be doing, right? If you want to be successful, I guess. I don't really fucking know, man. It's weird. But yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. I'm glad that uh, um, you managed to, uh, to knock that out. And that is a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great shining moment, you know, knocking out your first gig in New York. Yeah, yeah. And it actually, it kind of leads to my next one. Um, this kind of, I worked on a couple projects with them later that year that they called me in for, and they were like commercial spots. Um, and at one point I was, I was back home in Florida, just like drinking at a bar during the daytime and they had TVs on. And all of a sudden I saw a commercial that I had worked on, on the, on the TV. And I was like, whoa, that's that, like I created that, you know, or like I had a hand yeah. in creating that. And it was just like a pretty exciting moment. Like it's weird because I had obviously had stuff on TV before. Like there was a time in my life where my my stuff was on TV every single day that I worked. Granted, it was local yeah. television, and and this was like a national spot. But still, it's like I, I think you know. I think one thing that's maybe the first thing that occurs that occurs to me there is like it's not. Um, like a scheduled viewing, you know what I mean? It's not like, you know, like my spot is coming up at 6.15. This is, I mean, mm -hmm. obviously you do, if you like are the ad buyer, you know what time the ad's gonna run. But as an editor, you're not like out here knowing, okay, I need to watch this channel at this time to see my thing, right? You just go, well, yeah, it, it, it's crazy. You look up and it's on in the wild. And that that is, that's a very different feeling. You know what I mean? Exactly. There's also just yeah, something about it, as much as I was shitting on, you know, television earlier there's just something about something coming on on like cable tv or on broadcast where you're like wow that's uh yeah that's well, it huh 
e- even when uh, so we did a piece for MLS like it was one of my uh, early on in my career here like a couple months after the, those first gigs um, and it, it aired on ESPN 2 at like midnight on a Tuesday morning you know like one of the worst time slots there is but it was still cool to like know that a little like four to five minute mini feature that we put the story together for, you know, made it onto ESPN. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, that's it, it could be on is, the Ocho is, and I'd be stoked. Yeah. But that's, and that's, that's what's so weird is like, if it's on YouTube though, you know, it's just like, Oh, it's another drop in the bucket, but it, it just, it's, it's such a, uh, like fine line. Like there really is no legacy, distinction because at, at, th- at this point, like every, all the shit that's made for YouTube, is just as quality a lot of the time as the stuff that's made for fucking like broadcast and shit, you know? So it's just, it's just very, very weird. But, um, I don't know if I've really ever had anything on TV. I think maybe, I mean, that same piece, like we kind of tag team. Yeah. Other than that Zlatan, yeah, that MLS Zlatan piece. But other than that, I haven't seen anything. I mean, I know on NHL center ice or something on NHL network, They've used some of the animations oh, yeah. that Luis made, but I mean, you know, Luis made those, not me. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, there it was. It, those were cool to see. That's the one experience where I had something like that, where it popped up in the wild, and I was just like, "Oh shit!" You know, that's that's something we did. I just like looked up and yeah. it was on. Yeah, um, I mean, it, it's, so Chris, it's like, oh, they liked our work, so we got we got how one many, more, right? How many did you go through? You went through four, right? Yeah, you got one more left. So this is four. This is the big one. This is the one that everyone's been waiting for. What is what is it? Number five. Well, it was no, no particular order, obviously. Uh, but I, I kind of <laughs> went in order of things that are are when when they were mentioned. I would just like transition. And you actually just brought up this one as well. Uh, the that NHL animation. Uh, just that first time we worked with NHL in 2020. It was the the month that the pandemic hit and we we got to do like 80 videos for their fan choice awards um and that that to me was really cool to to work with nhl that's like kind of a dream job for me uh it was it was a wild month it was very disjointed just because we we were all working from home and we didn't have that workflow down yet and you know the world was on fire uh but doing that then getting asked to do it again the following year and again this year and uh uh we've been doing some top 10 videos for them so i got to do like the the official nhl top 10 videos for my two favorite players in the past month which is just like that's pretty that's you know, pretty cool kinda, right <laughs> yeah it's like a dream job like to to get paid to watch hockey and like kind of have some input on on these highlights for my favorite players, it's just super satisfying, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's a, that's a, that's a pretty solid number five, you know? It's a, but that's what they say. Dream jobs aren't all they're chalked up to be. <laughs> yeah, think, yeah. I you'd mean, think it was something so special and it's just sitting at home editing uh, stuff from Dropbox. <laughs> right? But it's, it's one of those yeah. things where, like, I, I could probably edit something like that every day and be happy as long, you know, as long as the pay is good because I enjoy the content. I, I can be a little bit creative, but for the most part, it's straightforward. Um, you know, you don't have to think too hard. You just have to make it look good, which that's one of my favorite things. Like you don't have to, 
you're not having creative battles with other people, you know, about like, you know, just how, how the story is told. It's, it's about right. just showing the stuff and that it's a lot of fun for me. Yeah. I mean, it's uh it definitely is, is a pretty, that was a pretty, pretty good one. That was, I remember when it came through, we were like, thank God that came through. And then just to see the consistency that came from it, like the fact that every year it was like, okay, we know that in April, you know, hopefully, fingers crossed, every April we can count on this. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, yeah. that's it's always one of those rate. things. Yeah, yeah. And, and they're they're nice to work with. They're very organized. You know, it's like that's all that's what it comes down to. But that's yeah. one of those things that's so weird when you think about like, you know, a lot of people when you think about freelancing will be like, oh, man, I could never do it because like the schedule is like so unstable and you just never know if things are coming in or what. And I think the dream is to do it, like to line it up where you have certain clients, you know that they're coming every month. So you have like a, a set like regimen throughout the year, right? I feel like we had that for a second and then the pandemic just yeah. fucked everything up. It completely fucked everything up because we were really building towards it where we knew January, we had this thing, this Intel thing, February was this. Yeah. We knew that starting in March, it would go March through November was this. And then there was another thing in April that was coming up. And like, we really had like a great schedule built out. And for all of the you know, good that the pandemic did for us in terms of learning how to work remotely. And, uh, you know, for us specifically being able to kind of grow the company because we were in a position to grow remotely because we only had like three people, two people, me yep. and you, I guess, uh, that was all well and good, but it really fucked us in terms of our scheduling and, you know, like it, because it messed up the world for a lot of our clients really. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and a lot of our, a lot of our clients moved on to different places as a result of the pandemic and some of that work dried up, you know, like yep. not, not always, you know, sometimes those people moved to different companies and they wanted to keep working with us. So it kind of turned into new relationships, but some of them just like that they're gone basically, you know, like we don't yeah. ever do anything for complex anymore. And yeah, and, a, a big part yeah. of it is just not having those same connections there. Yeah, it is, I mean, it's it's pretty much it's pretty much uh, the the fact that with that one in particular, that was just like that's just business that happened. That was like at a, such a high level that was out of our control. And oh, with yeah, the merger, yeah. right with the merger, I feel like they ended up just using uh, they, they had they, they gained internal resources, so they didn't need to lean on us as much. Um, right. But yeah, uh, so that was five. Uh, those are pretty good, Chris. I think you, I think you kind of knocked it out. I think what a there's no more fitting way to, to run the 99th episode now that I've thought about it than having you do five shining moments because 99, the great one, Gretzky hockey themed. You know you're a big yep, hockey yep. head, so it was. Uh, it's a great way for us to to traverse through the final double digit episode. Now we're into triple digits starting with next week it's going to be insane we're gonna yeah the triple digits that's wild the next hundred are going to be you're going to be in for a lot of treats listeners we're going to really mess with the format a lot we're going to do a lot of fun experimental things and uh it's going to be an incredible next hundred episodes um chris i think uh it's time for everyone's favorite segment oh is it what we learned last week that's the one Hit it! What we learned 
last week. All right, Chris, I'll let you kick it off. So what I learned last week is that uh, cats are super popular in Japan, and they've KitKat has made more than 300 limited edition seasonal and regional flavors of KitKat bars uh, since 2000, which is just kind of like I, I I've seen flavored Kit Kats before, but I didn't realize the scale of it. Like here's just some random ones on this list. Uh, there is cappuccino. There is choco banana. There is green bean Kit Kat. Black tea. Green bean. Miso green. soup Kit Kat. Uh, rock salt Kit Kat. Uh, soy sauce Kit Kat. Wasabi Kit Kat. I think I've seen that one before. Watermelon Kit Kat. Like, there's some really interesting ones. Ooh, red potato Kit Kat. That's. I wonder if that's any good. Roasted corn. Now, hot Japanese the one chili. That, the, one, the, one, the one that I could see being good is salt. I think the salt Kit Kat is probably really tasty. Um, but. The one that threw me was green bean. I thought I, I heard a green tea, but I didn't know there was a green bean. That's very interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Green. I bean. see. That's the thing. I, I knew I knew they were big in Japan. I didn't realize that it was to that extent that where they made all these limited flavors. See, why can't Same. we have that in America? Why do we just have to stick to the plain ones? They suck. I mean, they don't suck. I will good, say but like that's one of the best parts of living in New York is there's so many bodegas and, and I guess like I don't know, ethnic stores that well, have there's also just like these straight up Japanese specialty stores, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And they, you can usually find cool stuff like that. Like the one of my favorite treats that I found is uh, the turtle chips, the sweet corn flavored turtle chips. I know you've had them before. They like they're in the grocery store beneath me, which makes me so happy. Like they're just fucking delicious. And I don't think like if I lived in Florida, I don't think I would have ever found those. Yeah, they're definitely a pretty, a pretty tasty little snack. And I, yeah, the variety is a, is a blessing. The fact that we have access to so many different little snacks. I personally, I'm not much of a snacker, but uh, I, Me neither. you know, I'm no Vince. I'm no Vince, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the the variety of snacks is definitely good. Um, from my what I learned last week, I think I wrote emails into the rundown. Um, so you might have known this, I didn't know this, but I learned that you can just use your Gmail account, like you can create infinite amounts of email addresses from your Gmail account. You don't need yeah, to you, like you create a plus, new email right? account. That's exactly it. So if your email address is, you know, bob at gmail.com and you sign up for Fubo TV and you want the free trial, you can just make your new email address bob, then the plus sign and then FuboTV at gmail.com. And then that way you'll know also like if anyone's like selling your data or like giving your data away to other places or whatever. Um, but exactly. yeah, since, and then you can like every month you can just make a new one, get a new FuboTV. So Bob FuboTV, you know, August 22, and then September 22, you just make a new one every every month. Um, but that was a big, uh, a big lesson for me. So I'm, I just started using that, so hopefully it'll, Make my uh, make my email game a little more uh, organized. Yep, yep. Never never pay for a subscription service again. Just free trials for that's the rest it. of your life. Shout out Gmail. Um, maybe that's part of the reason that uh, the content game is dwindling is because everything is free. I don't know. Whatever. I don't have an answer to it. The Great <laughs> Reset. The Great Reset. Three to five years from now. Keep an eye out for it. Um, the Great Reset right, Chris, sounds well, ominous, bro. 
I know it is ominous, dude. The content game is at like weird peak, like struggle time right now. Like, yeah, it, it's yep. it's it's very difficult to to get paid to do this shit. Um, unless you already have a built-in marketing arm, and that's kind of then 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 you're then you're gravy. But it's uh, they want people to be marketing their own shit now too. Um, yo, Chris, I think I think that's it, right? I think you can just tell people so. where to find us, and then we're done with the the episode. Very cool, very cool. Uh, we are. At Scissorreal Gang on Twitter and Instagram. We are Gang at gmail.com. You know what? Go ahead and, and check out Shishkin Productions on TikTok and Instagram as well because that's where a lot of our content from the MLS shoot uh, is going and uh, our, our intern Flora is just killing the game, doing a bunch of cool stuff. Uh, so, so give yeah. us a follow there. And, of course, we have the Scissorreal cold line. Brr. That's right. That is 332 Call in 332 Uh I think, right? It's, it's weird. If I'm if I'm just saying it, I can't say it. I have to sing it. 332-332-333-4361. Yeah, it's my my old phone number, my old work phone number that got stolen from me. Uh, and actually gets and, and a turned, lot more use now, even though even though it barely even, gets used. Even though it gets called in once every six weeks. Um, yeah, so, and, and, you know, on top of that, if you're going to be in Brooklyn on August 25th, come to Sizzle Real Live. Uh, go to sizzlerealgang.eventbrite.com. That's a direct link to RSVP. Uh, you can come through, get a drink, listen to us. And you know what? If, uh, if the tickets are sold out, just go ahead and email sizzlerealgang at gmail.com. Uh, get in touch with us some way, somehow, and we'll just let you in for free. Or just show up, and we'll just let you in for free. Really, it's it's yeah, it's, yep, not, it's no, not it's not that be, serious. You're not you're not going to get your really free drink, not. but you'll at least get to come watch the show. That's episode um, one hundred, and as you know, we're going for a million, so we are zero point zero 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 one percent of the way there. Yeah, we're can't wait. Yeah, we're we're somewhat of the way there. Um, I just entered back <laughs> into the lobby of the hotel I'm staying at, so that's why things are changing i cannot wait to see how uh how this turns out on the audio front um sizzlers thank you for sizzling with us and um we'll see you in triple digits baby see ya Productions Podcast.